Good morning, Metroplex. Shout out to the 6 a.m. club. Thanks for being a Tolo. That stands for turn it on, leave it on. Bobby Belt's in for Sean Sharif alongside RJ Choppy, who did manage to get through his life-threatening illness. Back and better than ever. It was pretty bad. I'll How much emodium is coursing through your veins right now? Zero. Oh, wow. No, I don't like to do that. You know, if it needs to get out, it needs to get out. Okay. Better out than in. Weren't you an emodium guy at uh, Super Bowl? Yeah. Was that, that just like... That was that. That, that was, was like your necessity. That was your tortall shot yeah, to get through the game? Of, that was out of necessity. Usually, I'm a better out than in guy. <laughs> let it go. Let it run its course. Let it get out. Of, I, lost, I lost nine pounds. Literally run. Great. Nine? It was amazing. Are you, I, are I you being eat. dead serious, nine? Yeah, I didn't eat. My gosh. I didn't eat yesterday, and then all the water weight that I lost... It was amazing. Jeez. All right, we got some terrifying news out of spring training yesterday. Uh, The first spring training, well, maybe it's not terrifying. They're trying to tell us it's not terrifying, but the first spring training workout for the Texas Rangers on Wednesday, Jacob deGrom was not in it. Choppy felt some tightness in his left side. Yes, yes, he did. Chris Young said it's as much as about it being day one of spring training as anything. He's been throwing. His arm feels great. So nothing to see here. No worries. I, I'm one who I've, I think DeGrom will, will be largely healthier than he has been in recent years. I know that you came down on the side that, okay, great. We're going to, you sign Jacob DeGrom. That's awesome. You'll see him eight to 10 times a year. That That's generally your feeling on it, right? Uh, you know, more than eight, probably about 10 to 12. So as we look at the nothing to see here and not an arm, don't have to worry about it. It reminds me of... 2015 beginning of spring training. Oh, you Darvish has some uh, soreness in his right triceps. That's it's just precautionary. Shut him down. Next day you get in there and then it's like, oh, he's got to tell you, he's got to have Tommy John. Yeah, he, now this isn't that. This no, is no, like no. This, side, is, this yeah. is not an arm. Corey Kluber, though, comes in and they're like, you know, all right, one inning. They're like, ah, his shoulder's a little tight. We're going to pull him out. And they're like, oh, he's done for the year. Uh, he has to have, sur- you yeah. know, he has to have surgery on a torn muscle. So this is not that. This is a left side, at least. It's, a, it's not like we're talking about a shoulder, an elbow. Nothing like that, or tricep, like in you Darvish's case, but it is a concerning beginning for a guy who you invested a ton of money in. You yeah. did the, you did the A Rod bit. You threw fifty million more at him than anybody else was going to. You had to say yes, and it's an it's just a concerning start for a major investment. Uh, it absolutely is. Fifty four. It needs to be his number this year. I don't know what number he chose. He needs to change it to 54. Why is that? Because that is the amount of minutes that he was a, a working Texas Ranger yesterday. <laughs> From the tweet they posted. Very close. He's 48. Okay. From the tweet they posted about him walking into the facility. And then the tweet from Levi Weaver about him having an injury was 54 minutes. 54 minutes into his Rangers career. He's already hurt. Like, you can't say you didn't try to, we didn't try to warn you. Well, you you tried to warn us. I was trying to be positive. Look, yesterday was a bad day for uh, a couple different pitchers. You had the uh, Yankees. Frankie Montez showed up. He is now needing surgery apparently on his shoulder. Yeah, he's, he's a big waste. Which he's not an ace or anything. No. Like he, oh, he's a four or five on that team. Yeah, he's he's not great, but still shows up and they're like, oh, he needs surgery. Uh, Steven Strasburg, which that's he's always hurt too, or a lot of times. Hurt Degrom and Strasburg, same same to you. Uh. You know, DeGrom's a better pitcher. Strasburg is has been, you know, he's been, there's been times where he's elite too. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, from a, from an injury standpoint, I think Strasburg actually hurt more. Oh yeah, Strasburg has has not been able to keep things healthy for a while now. But this is this is the concerning thing that when you look back over the injury history of Jacob Degrom, and and when you made the investment, it's it's not just. And look, I'm I'm still. I think they're probably right. It's probably nothing right now, but it's it's something. While it's nothing, it is still another something on his ledger of here's the injuries that he sustained. And when you look over his career, even when he doesn't miss games, it's a little Amari Cooper-like where it's like there's an injury to this part of your body and this part oh, yeah. of your body. It's all over. Always, always something. It's always something. And that, look, that's what you got to deal with. You know, you got him for five more years, uh, and you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to pay him $35, 40000000 million a year. More than that. More than that, really. Mm-hmm. Um to be a a guy that you hope can pitch twenty times a year, they uh, th- and this is a going to be a a a question throughout the season is not just Degrom but is also the health of the rotation in general. Uh, Kennedy Landry was writing for uh, TexasRangers.com the other day and started talking about the health of the new look rotation is going to be a big focus for everybody because the Rangers basically bought an entire new rotation. They went and got Jacob DeGrom, Nathan Avaldi, Andrew Heaney, and then they traded for Jake Odorizzi. And 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 Avaldi and Haney. Well Haney's I, mean, I think Haney stinks, but Avaldi and, and DeGrom, boy, they when they're on, they are elite. Yeah, Heaney's a big strikeout guy too. I mean Heaney can still pitch well. He can strike you out. He gives up a lot of home run, or at least he, he can. There, uh, but you you got something you can work with there, I think. Sure. And and it's something that you it's it's when you've got a guy, if anytime you've got a guy who can strike out a lot of bats, can miss a lot of bats, like I'm interested in what you can do with him. And so maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, but it's at least something interesting. But of those four they added, all of them were on the IL at some point last season. Yeah. When Evaldi's on, he's a, he's 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 on, man. He's very good. I, I love the Evaldi pickup. It is so high reward, relatively low risk. You know, DeGrom's got high risk, high reward. And when you include the guys who are still here potentially in the rotation, because the rotation is going to come down to those four, the spots are going to come down to those four, John Gray and Martin Perez. Martin Perez yeah. So when you include the guys who return, Martin Perez is the only guy of those guys who was not on the IL last year. That's a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, the concern with Martin is that, you know, was last year like a fluke or did he figure something out? Right. You know, and you hope he figured something out because if he did, I mean, he, he was a tremendous pitcher last year, deserving of an all-star spot. Uh, and, and if it was a fluke, you know, you paid for it, you know. You 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 you, you, you said this is this is something we want to bring back. Let's take a shot at it. Okay, I mean I don't have a problem with that. I mean the guy was tremendous last year for you. He was healthy. Do you think, like with all the questions about Degrom's health coming into it, do you think the fact that they shut him down for something like that is, hey, this is how seriously we take his health? Yeah. Is that we're willing to shut him down for something this minor? Or, and not shut him down. That makes it sound like he's like, oh, no yeah. throwing for 10 days. It's not anything like that. They just held him out of the workout. But does that speak to, hey, this is how carefully they're treating him? Or does it speak to, man, they know the optics of this guy not being out there with his injury history. So if they're not putting him out there, there's something there. There's something concerned to you. Or do you think it is just overabundance of caution? I think it's a caution thing. I, I You know, he's got a clean slate here. You know, he's got a very clean slate. I don't think that they're going to sit there and worry about the optics of Jake DeGrom being out there or not being out there. I think they're just going to sit there and say, okay, what's best for him? Forget about the optics. He doesn't have optics with us. We've never seen him be hurt before. No, but what you do have, you do have the optics of paying that guy that money with all those questions. Because you were not the yeah. only one who was talking about that. I mean, there were a lot of people who were saying like, man, this is, 
you're paying a lot of money to a guy that his own team was like, we we don't trust that. I mean, that that is a huge storyline coming into this. So, I mean, I think there are optics involved, even if we've never experienced it here ourselves, because he is such yeah. a, a widely known name around the league. Rangers fans are, are familiar with his career even before he got here. This, this is like, you know, it's like adding Kyrie Irving, right? Like Kyrie Irving's never done anything here. It's a very different question. But Kyrie Irving's never done anything here to the level that he did, obviously, in Right, Boston. no, nothing. But his reputation precedes him coming sure. in here, and so it does have the spotlight for the very first thing that happens. Yeah, it does. I mean, and and, and this is one of those things, like, he, he is going to get hurt while he's here. Pitchers get hurt. That's what they do. They're, he's just going to get hurt. Uh, is he gonna? Is he gonna have like one Met fan posted on social media yesterday? You know, get used to this, Ranger fans. Ten starts the greatest baseball you've ever witnessed in six months of this. Okay, I don't, I don't like that. That's is is that is that what it is, or is he gonna have? You know, is he gonna start twenty times, twenty five starts, and then he's gonna be hurt? Can he pitch injured? That's the other thing. Some guys could pitch injured or play in, and other guys can't. Degrom over the last couple of years, he's like he can't do it. Maybe the Mets didn't want him to do it, and they were part of it. Who is the – let's assume health for the entire rotation. All right. Um, first off, what would you – if you look at the rotation, we named those six guys. My guess is if everybody's healthy and everybody gets through spring training, I'm saying Oda Rizzi's probably out of the rotation. Would be my guess. Probably. Does he have the most history as a reliever anyway? I uh, believe so i don't i don't know that off the top of my head though yeah i would but, say but he's probably out of the jacob de grom john gray martin perez andrew heaney and nathan Avaldi. i think makes sense as the rotation and then oda rizzi potentially in the bullpen you know long reliever type somebody who can come in but i mean i, I like oda rizzi more than haney personally what's the issue with haney i just i mean i just don't think he's very good it's just the when anaheim he wasn't good with the yankees it was a disaster um, I, I just don't think he's very good. Even as a five, though? I mean, Oda Rizzi would be a five. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, his, his when you look at his... Unless you want a lefty. That could be it. I mean, it could be as, as basic as that. But let's say, let's say they get through spring training with that health. That's the rotation. Now, if you're assuming health for the entire season, knowing what the Rangers have on offense and knowing the questions they still have, they still have to figure out left field. They've got questions about did they do enough to improve the offense but where would you would you say they have a chance to be a playoff contender if DeGrom is healthy for the whole year and the entire rotation is healthy for the whole year yeah how much does that change if only DeGrom starts 12 games oh that completely so you're basically saying this season makes or breaks on DeGrom's health and Evaldi if Evaldi's healthy for 30 starts and he pitches the way he did a couple years ago I mean, Red Sox fans will tell you that he had the, the one of the biggest performances in in their playoff history in L.A. He's, I mean, he's yeah, he's, he's he could pitched, be dominant. He, yeah, he's pitched very well on the big stage before. Yeah, he could be dominant when if he is on, if he is on, he could be. He's like AJ Burnett with the Marlins, the Yankees with uh, with the Pirates, right? Was he with the Pirates too? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If he is on, like there's there, there there were very few people with better stuff than Burnett. And I'm not saying the same thing about about Nathan, but the, the the concept is the same. Like when he is on, he is very hard to hit. Yeah, and I mean he's he's somebody who, like we say, he's done it on the big stage before. He's I, I think he's somebody that if he's clicking, he's in all likelihood your second best pitcher. 
Like, like I think if you have everybody at your best, he's better than John Gray. He's better than Martin Perez. He's, you know, but yeah. Like if you had to tell me like, who's your five, like what order are you doing based on their peak? It's DeGrom one, Valdi two, and then, you know, figure out your next three. And we'll, I mean, we're just now into the beginning of spring training. We'll have more time to talk about this. Jared Sandler will join us at 840 tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, Jared. Uh, what's a successful season to you for the Rangers? Uh, over 500. It's that's as simple as it is for you. Simple, simple as that. You know, like this is they're, they're, they, they put a lot of money in. They put a, they put a, almost a billion dollars in this team over the last two years. Uh, not quite. What about 700? Million? I mean, they put a lot in. It like was a lot million. of money. Yeah, I mean, are there any teams that put more money into this into their franchise over the last two years than this one? What, maybe three or four of them? If that, I don't think there is. Uh, I, I think getting to five hundred. This, this this is a baseball team that could be near five hundred. The offense was top half of the AL last year. Now which is, you're going to need which the, is middling. It's middling. You're going to need a career year again from Nate Lowe or Nathaniel, whatever he wants to be called. Nathaniel, week. I don't like that. I don't like that. Nate. I like Nathaniel's Nate too. Too, Nathaniel's too buttoned up. I don't like I don't like that we're not allowed to call Patrick Mahomes Pat. I call him Patty. I'd gotten used to Pat. I didn't like when Mitch Trubisky told us it had to be Mitchell. Yeah, I don't care for that. It's Mitch. It's Patty. I decide your name, not you. That's how that's I look true. at it. No, that's You're true. Robert. That, or Bob. <laughs> that, Dawson keeps calling me Bob Belt. I like it. On G Bag. But that's my dad. How about Belty? Call you Belty. Belty. I did get a... You can't people, be an adult with a Y on the end of your name. Why not? I don't know. You just can't. People call you Choppy. Well, that's a last name. But people still call you it, and it's a yeah. Y at the end of your no, name. No, it's, it's fair. It's fair. But if I went by Ralphie, big problem. <laughs> big that's, problem. I kind of like the idea of calling you Ralphie. Ralphie? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, very good. I think, I think that'd be fun. Anyway, uh, spring training kicking off. Patey? I call Peyton. Uh, if I call Peyton anything, it's Pate. P-E-Y-T. That's just shortening Peyton. No, I know. It's not, uh, it's not clever. Sean has been giving you pay pay. I think I said that. I mean, I, I gave you all P. Russ. That was no, my, my street no, name in high school. No. That was a uh, very no. clever name. Eli calls Peyton Pay. That's what we're going to call you. I call you P. Russie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call him. That's, that's just my nickname for him. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, all right, coming up next here on The Fan, RJ Choppy is going to tell you guys why the Kansas City Chiefs are now the most hated team oh, yeah. in football. Oh, yeah. They've crossed over. That's next year on The Fan. Back here on Sean and RJ on 105.3 The Fan. Bobby Belt, RJ Choppy. No Sean Sharif today. No Sean Sharif tomorrow. No Sean Sharif Monday. This is us for the next three days, Chop. Suck it for charity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Let's go around the NFL a little bit. Let's lead off with, uh, why don't we go ahead and let you get this off your chest? Because you were very passionate when you came very in passionate. this morning. Very passionate. One of those <laughs> about the Kansas City Chiefs, who I think are generally one of the more difficult teams to hate. Yeah, they are. Like, you hate them because, like, people hate them because they're successful. And I like, love oh, them. I hate how good they are and, and things like that. So I understand that aspect of it. But overall, they're not... They're not the Legion of Boom Seahawks where it's like, or or you've got, uh, well, you, you can't know. hate the fan base. The fan base is super nice from what I've heard. The Chiefs fan base? Oh, yeah. What I don't like about them is that they think that they're just at the Cardinal fan base, though. Cardinal fan base thinks, oh, they're the smartest fan base in baseball. They're the best. They think they invented the game. 
And the Chiefs think they're oh, we're the loudest fan base there in the is, sport. There is that aspect of it because I hate but the whole everyone little. Everyone says they're the loudest. And the home of the Chiefs. Yeah, and Andy Reid with his Chiefs. Well, and they yeah, do the how Tomahawk about them chop. Chiefs, which he stole. Yeah, they do the Tomahawk chop. You can't do that you, anymore. Yeah, you, you stop. Can't do that. You the can't do it. Why did you just? Why did you just do it, Peyton? Well, yeah, well, uh, guys, get on the fan cam. Cancel Peyton for his Tomahawk. Oh my gosh, he just did it again. Wow. But. Choppy, you are now shifting on that, and you are saying, no, this is a, a an unlikable football team after their parade on Wednesday. Well, listen, I still love Patrick Mahomes. He's still my favorite quarterback. Nick-nack uh, Patty Mac. Nick-nack Patty Mac. Uh, and, you know, I still like him. But a couple of things have happened over the last 24 hours. First off, Andy Reid said he's going to start. He was going to go eat a salad. No, Andy <laughs> Reid. You're a, you're a meat, potatoes, burger guy. You don't Don't start changing on us now. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear Chia follow with the fake Andy Reid on Radio Row? No. He's talking to the, he's talking to fake Andy Reid, and you know they always had this drop on the nosebleeds that says, "Tell me the secret about the pork chops," and they just like to play it with people and throw them off. So then Chia follow just asked this fake Andy Reid the question, "Tell me the secret about the pork chop, pork chops," and the fake Andy Reid goes, I, "I don't, I don't have a secret. I don't know what that means." And he goes, "I don't even like pork chops." And Chia follow looks down at this guy's stomach and he goes. My God, Andy, that's the first lie you've told me today. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta like you know, I don't want I don't want anybody improving themselves, you know. So you hate me right now for doing trying to improve myself with soda. Yeah, you, you should have just stuck with so no, some people are just, you know, they're they're like like I've always thought Kevin Hanglin, he was a he was you know, I liked him more when he was a, a bigger guy. A burly guy. More to love. You know? More to love, man. Down sixteen pounds in two weeks, by Good the way. For you. Soda, state of the art weight loss, that's S O T A. You can yeah, good for you, man. That's 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 awesome. That is really awesome. I could have just gone on your diet. Though. You could have gone on my diet. <laughs> diarrhea and no hours. appetite, and and you know, I didn't drink a thing of water yesterday. Uh, I just so I, I, I and I drink like a gallon a day. So my body thought I was just deprived itself. Oh, so that just, is I all just, you all you do during the breaks is chug water. So I peed like fifty times yesterday, and each pee they say is like a half pound or whatever. Uh, and then Jeez. the straight butt urine I had from diarrhea. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I almost I down, spit coffee. I was down did it, nine did it look like that? Oh, what a day. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Um, so Andy Reid's Andy Reed's improving himself. He's eating salad. But then the Kansas City Chiefs are yesterday and, and, and at some point in the last week and a half, they're just lying to you. They became nothing more than Dan Orlovsky. Than liars. You don't like Dan Orlovsky because you say he's a liar. He's intellectually dishonest. Yes. So is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. They're dishonest and they're lying to you. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. <laughs> the haters were saying the Chiefs were done. <laughs> Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm be honest with you. I don't know what rebuilding means. In our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs. Okay. Three lies. <laughs> Who said they wouldn't make the playoffs? Bart Scott? Can I get can I give one potential out for Travis Kelsey? He did say the haters. Like that is a hater uninformed opinion that no majority of people had. But who said it? Yeah, that's true. Again, Bart Scott, maybe? Who said they were done? Who said they were rebuilding? I got to look and see what were their odds. Okay, so this is interesting. I do find this interesting. They were apparently in July. They're, they were only seventh on the odds to win the Super Bowl. But still, seventh is a good shot. Yeah. But they did have, let's see who they had ahead of them. 
Denver, Baltimore, Chargers, Bills, Vikings, Packers. No. That's no, wait, what is this? I'm looking, I must be looking the wrong thing. There's yes. no way this is what it is. That's not no, true. That's mm. the, the Vikings were never there. Never. Like nobody Oh no, 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 no. That that was the ranking them as like what's the best value bet. Oh, yeah. I'll find I'm gonna find the odds. I should shut my mouth until no, I find nobody, it. Nobody nobody said the Chiefs were gonna miss the playoffs. No. Nobody said they were done, and nobody said they were rebuilt. You don't rebuild. You can't rebuild with an elite quarterback. You can't. They had, no- the, they had the third best odds behind Buffalo and Tampa. Oh, they had the third best odds to win the Super Bowl. Oh, man, they're going to miss the play. They're done. They're haters. No, they're lying to you. This this is, you know, and and I, I'll tell you, I used to love him. Travis Kelsey, dude, come on. You- He's, he is whipping you with his post-game interviews and stuff. I mean, first of all, get some new material. You got to fight for your right to party. It's a forty-year-old song. It wasn't a good song either. wasn't a good no. wasn't a good band. band. Second of all, that gets me crushed all like, the time. This guy, he, he's a, he's a he's not a ball hog. He's a Mike hog. Patrick Mahomes trying to do an interview in the post game, and here he just sits there and he starts yelling on the side of it. I, I I am I'm starting to get done. like they're turning. They've officially made the turn. Every team that is in, in a in a dynasty form, and they're kind of in that. They're know, on the verge. They're on the verge. Every single team. You will turn on at some point, and it it is ha- yesterday it happened. I it's always interesting to me. There's been, I remember there was a lot of celebrating when Kansas City lost to Tampa Bay, and I tweeted about it at the time when they lost to Tampa Bay because everybody's like, ah, yes, down goes Mahomes, blah blah blah. And I remember thinking like Mahomes is one of the more like more difficult stars I think to hate. There is nothing right. I I'll, I'll tell this story. I'm gonna leave. I love him. There's nothing you can hate about him. But I'm, man, he's lying to you. I'm gonna leave names out of this other than Patrick Mahomes. When Patrick Mahomes was a rookie, he was in Dallas for uh, the National Fantasy Football Convention. Is that legal now? Uh, it was in Dallas at the time. Uh, shout out to Andy Alberth, who uh, runs that. It's now called SportsCon. But at the time, it was there. And uh, I, I know this just from talking to some people. Patrick Mahomes was uh, at Bottled Blonde or somewhere, one of the clubs around here. Um, and he saw another player in town for the convention, a big name. Just being a jerk to people at the club, like do, like do you know the name? stuff. I do know the name. I'm not gonna say it. Can I? Can I guess? You can guess, but I'm not gonna say it or react to it. But what are his initials? I can't say. What teams he play for? I can't say. So the Cowboys. He he. What he said was he was sitting there at Zeke. the table with his at Cooper. the time fiance or girlfriend or whatever, and he saw the way this person was acting, and he turned around to them and he to his fiance, and he goes. God, please don't ever let me be like that. Don't ever let me be that person. Well, she's lying to you, too, because Brittany uh, on, on social media was talking about how everybody was picking against the Chiefs this year or, or said the Chiefs were done. Well, this is just like Georgia football. The guys after the. After yeah. The so yeah. This is very Georgia they said, football. They said energy. We were, we were going to go seven and five. No one said that. Yeah. Dude. When Nolan no. Smith was like, everybody doubted us. <laughs> they, they said we'd finish under 500. It's like, uh, what yeah, are you talking nobody about? Nobody said that. Nobody said that. Nobody. And look. Is this just what you have to do when you're great, though? Do you have to find you fake make, motivation? You got to make things up, man. You got to make things up. A couple people on the fan text are saying, like, the national media said that the, you know, they were done when the, when when Tyreek Hill. Look, there were people. They they, they may have said, they Mahomes may have, may take a step back. Yeah, they may take a step back, but nobody said they were going to miss the playoffs. Nobody said they were done. Nobody said they were rebuilding. You you physically can't rebuild when you have a quarterback of that caliber. You're going to win. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Tom Brady and 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 Peyton Manning and and Aaron Rodgers in their prime, they were always going to win ten games, regardless. They were good enough 
to just win 10 games. You just wake up and win 10. You're never going to be able to rebuild with those guys. No, and that's the funny, like, yeah, you're right. Talking about the rebuild and talking about, like, the haters said this or whatever Travis Kelsey was doing. You also got to remember, they had a Juju Smith-Schuster, who is another not very likable football player. Yeah. He was on the team this year. Uh, we had the whole, I can't remember, you you had left already because I, I think this was yesterday we talked about it. His back and forth with A.J. Brown and screwing yeah. with James Bradbury, which I'm just, I'm curious for your thoughts on that really quick since you weren't here for that. The James Bradbury thing, after I think everybody universally across the NFL respected the way James Bradbury handled the postgame right. with the holding call, is that like the lowest class thing to then be on the winning team who's clearly benefited from that everything and like mock him for that the way Absolutely. Juju did? Yeah, I mean, the guy took the guy took uh, in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia to take that stance and, and to just completely admit that you were that you did it took took guts, man. It is, and and he he honestly probably protected those officials too. Not like I mean physically. That I don't mean that sounding like threatening, but I mean he probably protected them from catching more heat than they did from from a fan base for Bradbury to go because it, it's hard to say. The guy who did it is telling you he did. Des, if Des would have said, and I don't think he should have, but if Des would have said, yeah, I didn't, I didn't catch it, that would have, I think, died earlier. Oh, if Des like, yes. I didn't catch it, guys. Instead, they they all fought for it. It, it helps alleviate some of that tension and i'll tell you this referees are human i bet they'll remember that from james bradbury in the future i bet i I bet referees give him a little bit of a break it's like when we talked about shea gilgis alexander how when they're talking about hey you weren't getting enough foul calls and he had said hey look we're all human i think they do a good job for the most part do they miss things sometimes yeah but like i mean that's just the nature of you're a human they're they're very good at what they do and they catch most of it and the stats showed his free throw attempts per game went up by like five for the next two months. Yeah. So like if Bradbury is going to retire, you know, go scorched earth. Yeah. If you're going to play again. I mean, that probably went a long way in the officials mind. Now you got to wonder, are the officials paying attention to who's who it is when they make the call? Well, because we I think we like, again, making it over the NBA. I think we all complain about that with Luca, like that Luca makes it more difficult on himself. He I doesn't agree. endear himself to officials at all. Couple other things from around the NFL: uh, Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who, as uh, we've talked about here on the show, I own his jersey for a very petty reason. Uh, he has applied to the NFL to be reinstated from his indefinite suspension for gambling. Right. A league source told ESPN's Adam Schefter Wednesday was the first day Ridley was eligible to apply for reinstatement. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell will review Ridley's petition and make the determination whether to allow the former first-round pick back on the field. You think it was ridiculous for him to ever be suspended, though, right? Because I mean, he, he was away from the team. He was not technically active. But, I mean, by the rules, he was he was not allowed to bet still. But but he was right. away from the team, and I think he probably thought, well, I'm away. I'm not active. Yeah. I can do this. Bet $1,500, I think it was, yeah. on, on or, NFL games. Or so he says. I mean, if you're stupid enough to believe that that was the first time you ever bet. Right. That's, that's one of the questions yeah. is, is that the first caught. time? Yeah, it's like. When my son tells me, like, this is the first time I vape. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. You, you, you did that. Um, but Calvin Ridley, a guy who, if he can come back, very good route runner. If you add him to what we saw from the Jaguars offense in the second half of last mm-hmm. year and what things, you know, what Trevor Lawrence was able to do. I mean, that's a, a really exciting addition for Jacksonville if they can get him reinstated. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, I, I think it's a great addition if he gets reinstated. I think he should be reinstated. You know, give him a chance to prove that he didn't do it while he was playing. Um, I, I get why the NFL does it. I do think it's a little hypocritical that, you know, FanDuel and DraftKings and all them were at the uh, radio row. Getting, you know, and the NFL's making money off them. They're getting paid sponsorships. They're going to have kiosks in every building. 
Uh, that doesn't mean you can bet on the games, but like it's just a little hypocritical to suspend indefinitely. Yeah, and when you look at, he had said it was $1,500. He said in tweets after the suspension, immediately after the suspension, he was saying, yeah, I did these, total, but I don't, it's not like I have a gambling problem, guys. Chill out, it was $1,500. Like, do you think that sticks in their mind, though, and sticks in their craw? Like, this dude kind of flaunted our suspension when Maybe. we gave it to him and and didn't take it seriously. But, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, do you want to – do you want to be completely not groveling, but deferential to the league and say, this was bad. I let myself get tempted. Or is it better to say, I don't have one and draw any more questions about how much of an issue this is for me. Ooh. Um, I don't think the league will look at it that harshly like that in terms of the tweet. Um, they may take it to face value. Like, look, it was 1500 bucks. That's how they might look at it. Uh, I don't think they'll take it too. They don't look. They, don't, they won't take too harsh of a stance on it. But I, I mean, look, it, it's still not another real possibility that he's suspended for half the year this year. And we'll we'll go to break here in a sec. But I'm curious. Do you remember before Calvin Ridley and Miles Austin, uh, the last time you could remember an NFL player being suspended for gambling? Uh the Green Bay guy. And that was. 90 was it 60s i don't know i don't remember no i couldn't tell you what's interesting to me is since you've got like a couple of examples from back in like the 60s where it happened but lately josh shaw 2019 calvin ridley 2021 miles austin 2022 one of the ways you can see the nfl is taking advantage of all these new betting partnerships is they're using surveillance with these partners oh really that's that's how they caught calvin ridley and miles austin it was surveillance from the betting partners wow so that means it's probably gone on before, and now they just have a better way to to get these guys. It's definitely gone on before. You know it's gone on before. But you, that's, you know it has. That's interesting. We we literally have a tip line at, at the NFL. It's part of our handbook uh, at NFL Network. When we do that, they they have a tip line where it's if something happens, you call and you tell that you know somebody is gambling. So we have snitch lines and everything. So really, yeah, no incentive either. It's just snitch, please. It's not like here you get a reward. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not saying I would do that. But like they they go as far as if somebody is trying to get injury information out of you or anything else, you need to call and even if it's not an NFL employee, you need to call and report that person. So if like you choppy were asking me like, hey, what's the deal with the injury situation? Like you're trying to get inside info into how the Cowboys were operating with their injuries. Technically, by NFL standards, they say I'm supposed to call and say Ralph James Choppy Ralphie has Ralphie. Yeah. Ralphie ha- is trying to get injury information. Shot his eye out right after that. He did. You'll shoot your eye out with that little Red Rider BB gun. Coming up next here on The Fan, last night, a number of our Tolos were in attendance at the American Airlines Center after we gave away tickets a couple weeks back for Adam Sandler. How was the show, and uh, how is Choppy feeling this morning after his illness? We'll talk about that next. Oh. 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 Ha, sicker than your average. Papa Twist, Cabbage Up. That's a great song. Yes, this it is, is. This is what I, dead serious, especially when I have to fill in for Sean. When I can, I've mentioned it before, but when I have to get up at four and I got to wake up, this is you crank this up, you crank up the bass. This is the song that you choose, and you play it, yeah, because it's just it hits you right out of the gate. It's hmm. it's just it wakes you up, it gets you going. Okay, it's a wonderful I, thing I, too. I I drive in in silence a lot. Why? You know, I have a uh, I have a thirty five mile drive each way, morning and and after the show. So you're you're not you're not out here trying to help KNC's AQH on the way home. I like to decompress. 
<laughs> you know, I, like to, I don't like to talk. You know, I don't like to make phone calls necessarily. Plus, we've seen their ratings; they don't need any. They don't need any help. <laughs> you know, I like to. You know, especially in the, mor- in the morning, I may listen to like a replay of a of, of a like a of, of a show that, or you know, like a MLB Network Radio or NFL Network Radio or some other serious something. And the, but I like to I like to be quiet. So a lot of times I'll just sit in silence. That's fair. And, and the way home. Same thing. I just want to sit in silence, like because I talk for four and a half hours. Yeah, you just you have the station on, but turned down. It's just turned down, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, or sometimes I'll replay a segment that we did and change how I would have um, made my t- my point. Dude, I am I have become so obsessive. It's driving Kristen nuts. I become so obsessive with if a segment stuck out that I feel like I didn't I didn't communicate myself properly yeah. or whatever. I will, she'll be like, why are you listening to this 10 times in a row? I'm like, I, I'm trying to figure out what's off. Like I'm trying to listen to it and figure out like, where is this off? Where did I, where did I not communicate this right? Where, where did I not do, you know, where did I not attack this correctly? Like I'll probably think of just later on today, the way I'm explaining my OCD, I'll probably listen back to this chop and I'll go, I didn't explain my OCD correctly about the segment, but last night, uh, around DFW at the American Airlines Center, Adam Sandler was in town, Chop. Mm-hmm. And can I just say, if you're playing, if you're playing a big city like Dallas, why the Wednesday show? Like, shouldn't Wednesday shows be smaller communities? Don't you want, or, or do you just figure I'm pulling a crowd in a city like Dallas, regardless of what night it is? I need the weekends for smaller markets. You know, that's not a bad point. Day after Valentine's Day might have been a target for tickets and stuff. That's true. So on Friday, he's in Nashville. On Saturday, Charlotte. Sunday, D.C. Um, Yeah, so if you've got work in the next morning, he's using the bigger markets, D.C. and Dallas. Yeah. Because those are bigger than Nashville and Charlotte. I mean, Nashville's not a small town. But you got to compete with country music. You got to make it easy for them. Make sure they're not at the Opry. I mean, I think this is near the end of his tour anyway. He only has those three cities left. So, we I, we went there last night. I uh, I did meet up with uh, the Sharifs. My wife okay. and I did meet up with the Sharifs beforehand. Uh, I can't remember where we went. It was somewhere like two blocks down from the AAC. Hour or something. Happiest hour. Happiest hour. That's where we went. Good spot. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was Great like, Edison bulbs there all throughout the... The upstairs area was really cool. And so uh, it was, you know, several bars up there. It was cool. We got to hang out, got to chat a little bit, um, you know, and then we we walked over to the AAC. It is a sharp show. When you hear 730 for a comedy show, which is when the show is supposed to start, Chop, mm-hmm. when you hear that, when do you think Adam Sandler's going on? He had an opening act, right? He had two. He had two? Mm-hmm. Oh. Opening act. See an op- an opener uh, the, the, uh, warm the crowd up is is fifteen minutes. That's an opening act in, in the comedy, right? Yeah. When I went to see Chris Rock, um, they had an opening act. He got us fifteen minutes. So generally, I feel like with theatrics and everything else, you can expect showtime. You're talking about forty five minutes to an hour after sh- official showtime before the big guy gets up on stage. Yeah, but if he had two, and one of them's Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's on a small potato guy. Um, that's at least an hour, I think. Schneider's going to give you 40 minutes. Sandler was on stage at like 7.59. And it started when? 7.30. Schneider got 12 minutes. 
Wow. It was very short. Now, Schneider, I did I did think of RJ Choppy. See, we thought, hey, we'll have plenty of time. We'll walk in there at like 740, 7.45. It'll be cool. We walked in there, and the first opener was finishing. I didn't even get that guy's name. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, this was okay. And then, oh, here's Schneider. I was like, man, if I played this any slower, I was going to miss Sandler starting. And But we got up there, and the first joke that Rob Schneider told, I was like, that is an RJ Choppy joke. Oh, no. Which he was talking about how much he loves Texas. Yeah, buddy. Rob Schneider. He's like, I, I love you guys here. Freedom. You're some of my favorite people. He's like, my least favorite thing about your state is all these people coming over the border. You know? God. And he's like. Wait, are they talking he, about the Red River? He, he said, all these people coming over the border. He's like, Oklahoma. y'all got to do something about these Californians. Right. And I was like, oh, there's an RJ Choppy That's jug. That's right, man. He compared uh, California to, uh, he said it's like being with a, a really attractive woman. He's like, she's a really attractive woman. She used to bleep you. He's like, now she doesn't bleep you, um, but she still spends all your money. I'll tell you, like <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a very, he dunked on California for like the first eight minutes of his set. If you got rid of the people, that's the best damn state, man. Uh, dude, Oxnard is so nice. Oh. Everything. It's perfect like, year round. It has everything that you want it has the ocean. It's got mountains. It's got scenery. It's got great weather. It's never cold. Uh, I mean, you could go skiing, you could go snowboarding, you go to the beach in the same day. Like if, if you get rid of the people, it's, it's like it. I can't think in the world of a better setting. So Sandler comes on at 7.59, and I was very interested. I, I was certain we were going to get our phones locked away. You know the new trend of you get the pouches oh, at, yeah, yeah, at yeah. big concerts yep, or so big you, shows? You, you put your, put your phone, in, the you put your the phone in there, and then it's this pouch, and they lock it up, and if you want it, you got to go to an exit, and somebody's got to pop it open for you. Yep. And you can only take a call outside here. I was certain Sandler was going to do that. He didn't. He didn't? He didn't. And that's the thing, because this is supposed to be a Netflix special, I think, eventually. Yep. But, you know, Adam Sandler's kind of evolved lately, and I know he's always done the music bit. We all know the Hanukkah song and everything else that he's always done. But it had evolved, he's evolved a little bit into, like, you know, uh, middle-aged Bo Burnham, where Bo Burnham does a bunch of songs for his special and then a joke. He'll talk a little bit in between. Sandler does a lot more talking than Bo Burnham does, but he probably played, if you include little 40-second breakaway, I'm just singing some song I wrote that's like 10 lines. Here it is. Sandler may have sang 30 songs last wow. night. Yeah, see, I was I was cu- curious as to what he was going to do because, like, is he a comedian first or is he an actor first? Like, I don't even know anymore. But back in the 90s, he had those albums. Yes, he and see, I was not a fan of the '90s albums that he did. I think really? he's got. I think his. I like him better doing pure stand-up. Piece of S car, you didn't like that one? No, you no. like the goat? No, hey goat. No, I, I didn't like the uh, the comedy albums very much. The, I think he's gotten better as a stand-up comedian. He's gone because he stopped stand-up for a long time. He started with stand-up, didn't do it for years and years. He made funny people in 2008 with Judd Apatow, and had to play a stand-up comedian, and that, that kind of got him back into doing stand-up again. But this is like, he opens with like 20 minutes of stand-up, and then it was, here's a quick song break, and then it's five more minutes of stand-up, and then now here's four songs in a row. And he was like leading the jokes. He'd tell jokes and then lead into a song that fit the jokes. Or he'd jump to a random song and then come out of it with, that song sets up now, here are my jokes. But this man was out there for two hours. Wow, it's too long. A two-hour, it was. It was very long. But I mean... 
it, I felt it lagged in the first half a little bit. The second half got better. He he improved as the night went on, but he's just he is still so absurd. Like when you hear some of the stuff he's talking about, like you just start laughing at it sometimes because it's like this is so stupid. Like what what like what is the situation he's describing or whatever else? But he's a he's a decent singer, and he he closed obviously with the Chris Farley song. Everybody loved that. Uh, you know, everybody was freaking out. Every, they lit up these lights. He sang this one song. I noticed this about an hour into the show. There's somebody to my right doing a lighter while he's playing. Oh, no. People still carry those? This one person was. That man stayed committed to his lighter bit for the next 45 minutes. He didn't put it out. Or he would maybe drop it for a second and then relight it and hold up. Held it up for every song the last 45 wow. minutes of the show. I'm like, I know you think this is funny, but this is an, a way over commitment to a bit Big that time. nobody's acknowledging. Oh other than God. me looking at it and going, I'm going to talk about how weird you are on the radio tomorrow. Yeah. Unless he, you're he, a Tolo, he, he, he in which case, it. that was hilarious bit. You should have done that. He probably knew it, too. But he the interesting thing was not Adam Sandler singing, Chop. That was not the best vocal performance of the night. It was this vocal performance. Chop, do you know who that is? Like the original song? No, who's singing? Um, an Elvis impersonator? That was Schneider. Really? D- play the first line there, the first note. Listen to him sing. It's a good voice. Yeah, it is. He sounds also like you could you could see in uh, in Big Daddy. Remember his carrot Rob Schneider's yeah, character bit? Yeah, you, you could hear it. You can a you little can bit, it. and so he is doing the the Elvis impersonation a little bit. But it was, and I didn't I didn't give Peyton this one. He finishes with this this big note that this uh, cry. You remember Shenandoah, the band Shenandoah with Marty Rabin oh, yeah. from the nineties. He finishes with this like Marty Rabin voice cry, and it's like, holy cow, Rob Schneider can sing. What's up with all these people in Hollywood that are like this multi? Why do they like? You can't get one. I can't get one talent like that. Why do you get people who are like, oh, they're funny and they can act and they can sing? I mean, not like Rob Schneider's super funny or the greatest actor, but they've got this like multifaceted ability where it's like, why the hell do some people get that's all the what, that's, what, that's what they do. Like those actors, man. A lot of these actors could sing. And you don't even know it. I wish if there I was, I could sing. If there was I one talent I wish I could have, it's, I wish I could sing. Yeah, I could songwrite. I can't sing. You can songwrite and, and you can rap. With well, I super freaky girl, I can't. I can't. Oh, thank you. I can rap. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. I can't. I can't. I can't uh, sing though. I can write, and I can rap. We're, we all have uh, different abilities from the Lord. So enjoyable show last night. A uh, little long, but uh, rather enjoyable. And uh, I hope the Tolos that won tickets enjoyed it as well. RJ Choppy needs you guys to settle something for him. Was he the a hole? Or was it somebody else in his neighborhood? That and headlines are coming up next in the 7 o'clock hour.